Hey, what's good, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday. Rob McLean, Jason DeBellis. We seem all excited. Maybe Rob got someone in a room anyway. The episode starts <laughs> right now. Got to work the hell out of that new intro, man. We got a new intro coming. I got new new subject matter, new everything. What's up, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday along with my man. Say it with me. Rob, keep it. McLean. McLean. I am Jason DeBez. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some MMA. I don't know. We got some good, quick questions. I can't wait to hear your answer on this one. Can the Lakers win with Russell Westbrook? Can, can the Rams win with Odell Beckham Jr.? Is there life after volleyball and football on mixed martial arts? All of these questions are going to be answered, but first things first. Topic one, consolidating our little... Uh, uh, what we're doing with the NFL and how we want to talk about it. We're going to do it in, in a very cute fashion. So the question is this. The Buffalo Bills got beat by the Jaguars, a team that has not won on the, in the continent of North America until they beat the Bills. The Dallas Cowboys the previous week got absolutely barbecued, I call, which I call a de facto shutout. They got something we call empty calorie points at the end to, to make it look like, oh, they could have had it. And for the Cowboys fans, they're like, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so big, big, big bounce back game for both of them. The Buffalo Bills have absolutely um, murked their competition, Just put up 43 points. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons 43 to three. Rob, my question to you is which team had a better bounce back game? Was it the Dallas Cowboys or, or was it the Buffalo Bills? Uh, <clears throat> and for sticking with it just between those two. You know, because uh, I think the Chiefs had one of the best ba- bounce back games of the year right now. Yeah, um, but they didn't lose Patrick last week. Home. They didn't lose I last know, week. But though. they should have. They <laughs> should have <laughs> lost the last three. Uh, so uh, I would say Dallas. Uh, Dallas had the, the best comeback just because, um, you know, I, I thought Denver played a great game. I thought they played them tough. Um, and, you know, Dallas just wasn't on their game. I thought, you know, the Falcons could come and do the same thing, you know, play them tough, maybe have them, uh, have a have a close victory, make them, uh, you know, make it a tough game. They just absolutely romped on them, they, you know, just from the start. They just came out full throttle. And, you know, when you're when the offense is rolling like that, you can't really you can't really rock. I thought at least the Falcons would maybe make it an offensive game. But no, it was uh, it was great on both sides of the ball. Trayvon Diggs with another pick. Um, I just think that team when it's when it's when it's going well they have so many great players right now i think you know as much as i hate on jerry jones i gotta give him credit on the players that he drafts you know he takes big swings on players that have great football iq and and have a really high potential uh high risk high reward and and he makes great choices you know so uh i think the cowboys are showing that they're a legitimate team that they can come back from adversity not only have uh not only have, uh, you know, their backup step up, but have, you know, a great possibility of being Super Bowl champions this year. I can't believe I said it, but I'll say it. <laughs> you know what? As much as I'd like to sing my silly song, my Let's Go Buffalo song, which, you know, give my give my tribute to my to my Bills Mafia. 
I, I can't. I cannot let my love or contempt, my love for one team or contempt for the other affect my critical thinking skills. And Rob, this is supposed to be a debate show, all set to disagree with you. And here we go again, agreeing on what is right. I got to go with the Dallas Cowboys too. I got to go with the Cowboys because that was such a bad loss. The Buffalo Bills loss, it was bad, all right? It was against the Jaguars. Again, the team that has not won on this continent. They only beat, they, they beat Miami and London. Uh, but it, at, at some point in that game, you thought the Buffalo Bills were going to smarten up and they were going to win that game. They, they, were, they had some, some costly turnovers, some untimely, untimely turnovers that helped the Jaguars win the game. And I thought the uh, uh, Jaguars were moderately, uh, moderately well coached. Um, but the difference between that and the Dallas game uh, against the Broncos is you always, even in the fourth quarter, you thought the Bills are going to come somehow come back and pull it off, you know, and ruin the Jaguars' day. But that game against the the Cowboys played against the Broncos. They got murked. They got stomped. They got punked. They got exterminated. They got beat down in all phases of the game. And it was shutout ball to the fourth quarter until the Cowboys, which, you know, did what we what we call empty calorie yards, <laughs> empty calorie points to make to prevent um something that was gonna be a complete embarrassment. Still an embarrassment by, by what they won by. So take that. And then a week later, Rob. They come back and they beat a Falcons team whose record is very, very deceptive, man. You know, the Falcons are there at the end. The Falcons can, can you know, you want to do a shootout with this team. They're always down for a shootout. Um, even with Calvin Ridley walking away, they still have some weapons. And you knew Dallas is going to win because because the Falcons lost some weapons. But you, no one was thinking 43 to 3. Let me double check that score. See if, see if they score some empty calorie yards at 40, the end. 47 to 3? It was... Oh, I, I, Man, it was bad, dude. It was where are we? Bills beat the Jets 45-17. And and that was the other thing I wanted to say about the Jets. Like, okay, here it is. 43 to 3. 43 to 3. 43 I I mean, what are we more impressed with? Are we more impressed with Dak Dak Prescott being the constant leader that he's supposed to be? Are we more impressed with like Zeke getting the end zone like he's supposed to be? Are we more impressed with this core of wide receivers that just ooze confidence, the front lines blocking, or are we more impressed with this defense that's just hitting its stride? Let let again by that other digs. <laughs> okay. Both teams got a digs and I pick any of them twice any of them on offense and defense any day of the week twice on Sunday, but because of the quality of the law, the, the, the um, severity of the loss, and because of the quality of the win, got to go Cowboys. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Man, we're going to talk about a lot more NFL. We're just trying to move this along, but because we we want to talk about Cam, we want to talk about a lot of things, but but I will finish by saying, oh, oh, oh Buffalo, me picking the Buffalo beating the Jets. Oh, Captain Obvious. Boy, did I go out on the limb on that one. So, no. Got to be the Cowboys on this one. Oh, man. Ugh, to spit and swallow. Um, swallow and sp- or spit. Talking about them. All right. Topic two. We got it. We go to our NFL pick six. Last week, Rob, we, um, and against, and a challenge of beat the host or compete against the host, my man, Chris Brown. Chris Brown, not to know who you think he is. Chris Brown is the founder of a barber, a barber shop called The Fade Society. He's in L.A., and I asked my friend, I'm like, do you know someone that cuts black hair, right? And he's like, yeah, I know someone that cuts like hair of color. And I was like, I didn't say hair of color. I said black hair. Do you know someone that cuts black hair? So 
Um, Fade Society, Chris Brown, battle the host this week. And we definitely want barbershop people doing this because that's those are the those are the best debates. So Chris Brown was three and two, and there was a tie because we <laughs> the Lions and Steelers. And was, so now we got a tie on our overall record, right? I really didn't want one. Right, so Chris yeah. Brown was three, two, and one. Rob, you, you Rob, you were two, three, and one. And yours truly, I was four, one and one. So that makes the overall scores. I'm 31 and 22 and one. You are 27 and 26 and one. And our, our guests who have been battling us are killing us right now. They're, they are 35 and 18 and one. <laughs> so, Rob, let's move to our pick six for week 11. All right, week 11. Let's start our pick six with the Ravens visiting the Chicago Bears. Man, the Ravens just not feeling, not not making anybody feel safe right now. But uh, I gotta go with the Ravens one last time. We'll see. We'll see if they can pick up their slack. But uh, man, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, no Cleo Mack this week. <laughs> well, I picked the Ravens because they're very, very good against uh, uh, mobile quarterbacks. I mean, they're they're practiced against one for Christ's sakes. And you keep this guy in the box, uh, um, the rookie in the box, and it's going to be a bad day for the Bears. I got Ravens. Uh, game two, I'm going to go first on this one. Saints visiting the Eagles. Oh, when the Saints come marching in. Oh, when the Saints come <clears throat> Nope, Eagles. Got to go Eagles, and they're going to make – um, no one's going to make Jalen Hurts on this one, okay? Jalen is going to do his thing and bring the pain. I got Eagles. See, every time I think the Eagles have a bad week, the next week they come through with a really good win. You know, and I think that's just great coaching. I think they're still trying to figure it out on the offensive end, uh, but their defense is, you know, top flight. Um, you know, they got a great, great, great uh, pass rush. Um, but I think they just lost a, a big uh, one of the big guys in their line, and uh, so I'm gonna probably have to go with the Eagles on this one as well. Cool. All right, let's go to game three. Game three, we have the Washington football team. I can't believe I've actually officially gotten used to calling it that. <laughs> the Washington football team visiting the Carolina Panthers. Bobby McGee, who you got? Carolina. Coming through, we got Christian McCaffrey back. You got Cam Newton there if you need him. You got P.J. Walker playing well. And you got Chase Young out for the year. So I think I'm going to have to go with uh, the Panthers on this one. I think I'm going to go with Panthers. It's a, a rematch between old coach and old player, Ron Rivera, who's the head sure. coach of the Washington football team. Cam Newton's back. There is very, very little doubt in my mind that at this point they're going to give him the start. It looked like they eased him in, but you, there, there is that the man has superpowers in Carolina, and they love him there, and he's got that big smile on his face that we're all used to seeing, and I think he's going to <clears throat> lay back, have a Heineke, <laughs> have a I Heineke mean, and win this game. They, you know, they they had uh, Cam for 10 years there, you know, and they drafted, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey in the, in, the, in the idea, not of using him with Cam Newton, but if you have a quarterback there for 10 years, like that's kind of the system you're going to use. Or that's the idea that the identity you have in that, in that building. So I think just coming back and having Cam being an option to run, read options with some Christian McCaffrey. You can dump it off to him. Makes it really easy on him. You know, he's still a mobile quarterback. I think it's 
a perfect situation. And yeah, I think this is going to be really good going forward. And I think it's exactly what the Panthers needed. Why this took so long, I don't know. For any but, a whole bunch of teams, right? And I mean, there are. Well, he, not he even could have that, been an ideal Panthers, land for a lot of teams. I, I, I know it's. I know it's. There's there's some sour, you know, some some bad blood there from how how it ended, but. You know, this guy's an MVP caliber. He played that way one year before the Patriots. He got hurt. He had COVID, all that, all that business. Uh, and that's not really a system for him. You know, you know, you play that system. You know, you, he could be good in that. Why don't you put, bring him on a, a veteran deal, a small deal, just to back up Sam Darnold? You know, just to back up your investment. I, I don't get why this didn't happen earlier. Yeah. Is what I, you know, yeah. to have PJ Walker, to have Sam Darnold there. It doesn't make sense to not have a veteran there that 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 actually uh, can. You know, bring your team to 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 easy wins. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get why Ron, Ron Rivera didn't give him a call. You know, I mean, they they had a little quarterback situation hey, there I too. And I mean, I um, so all right, we got game four. We have the Cards visiting the Seahawks. The real question is, I mean, we're gonna find out. I mean, the our audience is gonna find out by the time this episode comes out. Um, what's Kyler Murray's situation? Now, does Tyler it does it DeAndre. and at this point of the Seahawks so dysfunctional does it does it matter you know if, if Kyler plays or not because it's Colt McCoy going to the going to the 12 and beat the Seahawks who you got uh I'm gonna probably say <clears throat> that the Cardinals are gonna win this game I think they're really gonna focus down on their defense work through their run game and, and try to find another fold to their offense you know uh I, I love what the Seahawks could be, but I just don't see it uh, because of their defense this year. It has really nothing to do with their offense. A lot of it is their offensive line. I get it, but their defense is just so, so subpar. And uh, it's it's so dis- uh, disappointing to see from a, a Pete Carroll team. So yeah, I'm going to have to go just Cardinals on this one. Yeah, the disappointment lies definitely lies with Pete Carroll and lies with that coaching staff. Are they trying to get my favorite quarterback killed? All right, this man has already taken his lumps, and he's already found ways to run out of bounds his whole career and throw defenses fit without sustaining any damage. But the last two years, I'm telling you, this dude's been getting pieced up, man. And I, I don't like what I see, and I don't think I'm going to like what I see this Sunday. I also – no, I'm going Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks because I I think it that's a tough place to play even with Kyler Murray and D Hop playing and and Jamal Adams you know what I'm saying he doesn't like to eat those the hot elves I think that's a, it's going to be a good comeback game I go with the Hawks um, game five I go first on this one the Steelers visiting the Chargers I mean how the hell am I supposed to pick a team that was uh, uh, found a way to tie <laughs> the hapless lines. Uh, I like Ben Roethlisberger, and I, and I don't know what Claypool's situation is. And at this point, I don't care. I'm going Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Chargers on this real quick because uh, I don't know what T.J. Watt's situation is. That's my more that's more of an issue for me. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with uh, the Chargers on this one. I think I don't know what's up with them. I, I don't think they're going to win too many more games this season, but I think this is a game they're going to win. Yeah. Yep. So you got Chargers, you said? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. So the last one, uh, and, and too bad I'm not going to be around for this. I'm going to be coaching over this weekend, and I'm going to find out probably when it's over. Like the, the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. 
Dun Dirt Chief. <laughs> Dirty Deeds. <laughs> the Dun Dirt Chief. <laughs> so I would have to say, and again, now I forget who the Chiefs just played this last this last week, but don't matter, um, none. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, if you don't mind. But uh, I, I think it's going to be the Chiefs. Um, first of all, Super Bowl caliber team, Super Bowl caliber team uh, with their coaching staff, uh, going to have them ready to play. Uh, secondly, um, yeah, I mean, if Patrick Mahomes plays like he did last week, that's going to win them any game. I mean, that was MVP caliber. That's all he has to do, and he really didn't do much. You know, he let the team do what he needed to do. Uh, that was just unbelievable football. You know, totally different, totally different type of player. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really do think that the defense is going to be the difference maker and the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs, as bad as they've been, are going to get to the quarterback. And that's really all that matters. It's really about what teams are, are, are built around certain aspects. And I just I'm scared for Dak Prescott. I, I don't want him to get hit again. You know, if he gets hit again. That's that's problems, and again, it's football. You know, he ran, he run it, in, he's fine, but it's you know, in the pocket, things happen, knees, ankles. So I'm I'm wishing him well. Uh, I just think they're going to get to him a lot on the pass rush. So I'm going to go to um, the Kansas City Chiefs on this one, and we're going to see what happens. There's not a bigger game that the Chiefs are just literally going to be a hundred percent up for. This is an afternoon game, all right. Um, Dallas Cowboys visiting the Chiefs. Chiefs at home, tough place to win at home. You know, not a not a whole lot of teams beat them. My Buffalo Bills did, and uh, but I thought the Buffalo Bills caught them at the right time, and the, and and the Chiefs showed that they can give up a lot of points if if you allow them. You know, I mean, if 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 Stephon Diggs uh, did that to the Chiefs, I can't even fathom what the Cowboys are going to do. Uh, with that being said, I trust the Cowboys less because. Even though the Denver game was an aberration, they they can show when the wheels come off, it's a bad thing. And if Denver did that to them with Bridgewater, I can't even imagine Holmes, who's finally hitting his stride, is going to do. I think Holmes, I think it's going to be a high scoring affair. And I think Holmes is going to refuse to lose. Um, Patrick Holmes is going to refuse to lose. Mahomes, sorry, is going to refuse to lose at the end. So I got Chiefs. You said Chiefs too? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. We got a one thing. I thought difference. you were gonna be a cowboy man this time. Come mm-hmm. on now. I was. Listen, if they if they beaten Denver, and uh, even if they edged Denver, I would have picked the Cowboys. I, I just thought. I just think right now that they're a snowball going down the hill, and they play really, really good on the road. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have their road record in front of me, but uh, they play the same at home as they play on the road. When they when they play well at home, it's like it's like a big party, and you know they're they're nauseating, annoying fan base is gonna be like, this team's going all the way to the Super Bowl, you know, and and, and I really hate that the Packers are in that conversation, and everyone's saying, oh, you're being dismissive of the Rams, and no one's talking about the Cardinals, you know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kyler Murray in an NFC Championship game situation. I don't even think the Cowboys are gonna make the NFC Championship game. That's that's I think people are getting carried away. I think you got three really good. Teams that that are are going to be playoff ready, and like you said, well, how's Prescott going to be? You know, how, yeah. is, is Zeke is Zeke going to be on uh, Cabo Zeke? You know, um, I don't know. They're they're just better. Their defense is is 
significantly better, and they're worth watching this weekend. Too bad I'm gonna miss. Um, I'm gonna miss that until the end. I'm gonna say though, I really do think that um, Dallas has. Uh, if Dallas has a really good, solid game plan, they could easily win this game. Yeah. You know, it has nothing to do with you know it, it, Kansas City's too good for anybody. Right. You know, as it's proved by the record. Um, but I think it's more that Dallas is just gonna kind of either get ahead of themselves. They get behind. Uh, if they get ahead, they're not really going to be able to use their run game to get ahead. You'll be able to stack back on defense. You'll be able to get to the passer a bit more. That's what I mean. Is there, they, they might have uh, dimensions as an offense, but it doesn't really flow together. And when it does, it's great, but it's kind of got to click at the right time, I feel like. you know. So that's when there's these big blowout games. Yeah, sure, they can get 40 points when everything's going well, but when everything's not going well, how do they – you know, manufacture 35 points to win a game. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. I think that's the difference between a Tom Brady offense, which isn't going great right now. But again, as long as Tom's not getting hit, it's okay. But manufacturing points as opposed to giving, you know, being given points. Yeah. That's, that's right. Hey, very good. And that's our pick six, man. Great conversation on that. We move on to our other favorite topic, mixed martial arts. Between the way we talk about football and mixed martial arts, Meryl, Meryl Streep out there is pissed. <laughs> um, well, tough shit. We move on to mixed martial arts. Um, congratulations to Max Holloway, another fight of the year candidate. It seems like every every weekend we watch the UFC, there's a fight of the year candidate. There was Sir Corey Sanhagen and Peter Yan, Thug Rose, the same night that, uh, uh, you know, against Zylea, and, and the same night Gaethje and Chandler fought was, Chandler. was definitely Ooh. the best round of the year, if not, that's not the best fight. Not to mention the main event, that wasn't disappointing, watching Kobe uh, come back. It, like, the first two rounds, it looked like Kamaro stole his soul, and it looked like the end was near, and that dude, I don't like him very much, but uh, um, uh, I don't like his style that much, but I, 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 we they Gotta showed they you. showed the world they're 1-1A, one one right, in the welterweight division. They're 1-1A. 1-2. 1-2. Well, one one, one yeah. 1-2. Um, I say 1A because <laughs> if Kamaro's not there, Kobe's the champ. Yeah, I mean, again, we haven't seen Kobe against some of these 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 monsters, man. So let's see Kobe and, and, and Leon Edwards. You know, let's see some of these fights that Kamaro had to take all the way through. Leon's got to be next, right? He has to be, you know. Well, he and fights. If he's not next for the title fight. Yeah. Masvidal got scrapped. Masvidal got scrapped, and they're talking about Cosmot could step in. You know, they're trying to do Cosmot Burns right now. Um, so I, I do think it's the right the choice. <laughs> I don't think Kobe's Kobe's like available right now for that fight. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's it's pretty shit. I mean, excuse my language, but it's pretty crap for 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 Leon because there's nobody really up there that's really ready for that fight that that would propel him to a a, a title fight, I feel like. I think you know? because Masvidal pulled out and if Kamaro wants to fight, Kamaro's got to fight him. I think my conspiracy is Masvidal pulled out because the bigger money fight, because he has a small rivalry with Kobe Covington, all of a sudden he gets better, you know, when Leon has another fight, and Kobe and Kobe has no one to fight. He can't fight the champ, right? Um, that That's what I think is going to be the next money fight by Super Bowl weekend. I think that's where my conspiracy-laden mind goes. But, but our subject matter, Rob is going to be the question this week is who are your top five female 
MMA greatest of all time fighters. Rob, I'd like to go first on this one because this way, this way you get to talk second and you back clean up on this. All right, I'm gonna I'm do the mm-hmm. Willie Randolph to Mickey Rivers to Willie Randolph to Greg Nettles. You, you're gonna be the Reggie Jackson. All right, you're gonna have you're gonna have your own candy bar. <laughs> all right, so my top five. Female fighters of all time. I'm going to start with number five. Number five, Jermaine Durandamine. Jermaine Durandamine is the Iron Lady, a true warrior. Oh my goodness, her hand, her hand speed is magnificent. Submitted Julia Pena. What beat Holly Holm, although although controversially in Brooklyn to, to secure the women's featherweight title, the first featherweight champion for the UFC. And though she forfeited the belt because she didn't want to fight Cyborg, she still makes my top five. Number four, my number four is the person that she refused to fight, Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg, listen, you can't be mad at Durandamine, okay? Durandamine is a long list of girls that do not want to fight this woman. This woman, they say, is past her prime and is still murking the competition and and is now the featherweight champion at Bellator, was the featherweight champion at the UFC, was the featherweight champion for Strikeforce. An amazing match from Gina Carano all the way up to the end, and she's just been, it's all all been about her except for one fight, which leads me to my Number three, we got Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, why? Ronda Rousey has not only cemented the uh, um, mixed martial arts in the UFC, and when you do it in the UFC, you do it everywhere, and now mixed martial arts is on the map, and now women's MMA matches are main events on these giant cards, right? This weekend alone, you got Misha Tate fighting. Uh, um, um, Ah, God, I I wish I can get her her name. Caitlin Vera. Caitlin Vera is a, a, a pretty, it's going to be a grappling match. But my point is, Ronda Rousey, a lot of people are down on her because they didn't like her attitude. And then she, she got upset by home and then she got murked by, by Amanda Nunez. You take those two fights away, she has a 100% finish rate against Sarah McMahon, against Kat Zingano, against um, Betch Cojero. So, so she deserves to be in this top five for shaping women's MMA, what it is, and not only that, performing when she needed to perform. Which leads me to my number two. And we kind of know our, I think our number two and number one are going to kind of be the same. This is Valentina Shevchenko. That is a hottie. I don't care. She has dorky dance moves. She's so awesome. She makes dorky dance moves look good. All right. She's beaten Holly Holm. She's beaten Julia Pena. She's beaten Juliana Pena. She has beaten everyone except Amanda Nunez. And that last fight was a split decision in five, five rounds. And you and me are licking our chops because we know a third match is inevitable between the two of them. And who do I mean by them? I mean my number one fighter. As far as goats are concerned, let's talk about her. Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez has lost what seemed like a lifetime ago against Kat, Kat Zingano. And since then, she figured out some things where she was good to great and she's great to elite to elite to the goat, the greatest of all time. Uh, finish Holly home? No problem. Bam. Face Cyborg? No one wants to fight. Fighter, face plant cyborg ronda rousey oh you want to promote ronda rousey and don't even mention my name i'm supposed to be the champ bam misha tate is the champ that's that's who i got to take the title from bam so my greatest of all time this woman two division champion the lioness and a great example for kids everywhere great example of of just just sportsmanship and goodness and a promotion machine amanda nunez bobby mcgee from five to one who you got? 
Well, it's kind of tough because my five is my most controversial. I, I have Misha Tate because, uh, you know, I feel like she's a, a foundational part of the UFC, of uh, mixed martial arts. You know, she took a lot of fights, uh, a lot of tough fights. Um, you know, just when the, when the sport's kind of building and, and, and you know, kind of setting the stage even for Ronda Rousey and for these other fighters to kind of ex- make it explode uh, at that level. So, yeah. Um, Has she a fought lot them all, huh? <laughs> you know, like, like one of the first like big time, like high level journeymen, I would say, of uh, the, the sport. And, and there's a couple names like that. You know, Katz and Gano's another one. Uh, Holly Holmes, another one. Uh, uh, I think Rose Namajunas is definitely putting her name up in this category as well. So I think number five is kind of just that open ended spot where it can kind of be for anybody. But I chose to put it for more of a foundational per, uh, part of, uh, you know, the UFC history. So that's a good uh, number, five. My number five. My number four is Chris Cyborg, I believe. No, Ronda Rousey, I believe. Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg. I mean, either one of those three, four is like my is my kind of thing. I think uh, for Ronda, she just um, put, you know, just kind of like a Conor McGregor even, you know, put uh, MMA for at her level on the map. Um, and honestly, she probably would be top, top, you know, greatest of all time or maybe one, two, three if she was not coached by who she was coached by. (laughs) I'm not kidding. If she literally did not throw a punch her whole UFC career and did a, and did a, uh, what's his name? The arm bar. Um, Yep. uh, And she just did a Damian Maya her whole career. She probably would have been the greatest of all time because nobody knew how to stop it. They didn't know how to stop her takedown. They didn't know how to stop clinch and then takedown. And then once it was on the ground, she was literally immediately. I'd never seen anybody like that. I've never seen anybody go for an armbar that quick and end fights with an instant because they didn't have the strength, dexterity, anything to, to defend against that. I mean, that looked like, uh, you know, the Gracies from from back from UFC 1, like Dude, fighting no. against absolute novice on the ground. So it, it really saddens me that she didn't um, – that, that she didn't fight the way that she started fighting in the UFC because she didn't take a lot of damage from those fights, but she took a lot of damage when she stood up, you know, and I think that should be the, the key to fighting. And that's why, again, she's not on the top because she's a, a, an absolute understood part of how great you could be, could easily be diminished if you don't have all aspects of the game, but also don't get hit. That's fighting. Fighting is not putting damage down. It's about don't get hit and end your, and push your opponent away. That's it. If it's armbar, do that. If it's, you know, you have unbelievable power or you have great kicks, do that, you know. But use what you have. to. Don't be trained by other people to tell you you need to do something different. So that's that's why Ronda Rousey really is up there. She should honestly be number three. That's your number four. Um, but who's your number three, Bobby? My number three is Chris Cyborg, you know, because if you look at this, this isn't, you know, who does the most, you know, uh, you know, who, who has, who's the most controversial, you know, who's this and that. Um, she could have been fighting against people that did the same thing. You know, it's the same thing about baseball in the eighties, you know, with the steroids thing. Now that you come into UFC, I get that you're trying, you know, that, that, that people want to keep it at a certain standard. So that's fine. But, uh, you know, she's also coming in at age 35, 36 fighting against 24, 25, 26 player. I'm not saying that you should use steroids, but I'm saying back in the day, if that's how the game was played, that's how the game was played. And MMA was a whole different aspect 10 years ago as opposed to 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Especially 20 years ago in the women's side of the game. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to hold anything against anybody. Now that we have standards, we have, you know, actual 
uh, places to go to. And to, she's to performed train since. And to, yeah. You know, and this professional af- atmosphere. Yes, professionalism is necessary. So I say for her body of work that she's had to fight through, um, she absolutely deserves to be top three uh, at the very least. Um, and, and, and I think uh, the only reason the top two are beating her is because the, the modern game is, is becoming so evolved yeah. and they're still at the top of that game. So wow. that's yep. the only reason I'd, I'd have to say that the Valentina and, and Nunez at the top of the game. And honestly, I, I'm just being respectful saying Nunez is the one and, and, and uh, Shevchenko is the two. But, you know, if you change those fights against one another, I still think that either their body of work could be the one or the two. You know, I think it's one and one A in this aspect, as opposed to uh, what we were talking about before, uh, Kobe and, and, and Kamaro, because, you know, they had to, you know, change weight classes because I honestly believe that they had a draw or two in one of their fights. You know, Which I don't one? believe that Nunez won oh, yeah. all their fights. You yeah. know, I feel like <clears throat> that's a better way to, to at least satisfy both the fighters to satisfy the, the 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 actual fight cards you know you don't have to pick a winner you know even in a tight fight in a title match you don't have to let nunez keep the title but i don't think those fights were deserved of a winner of a loss on either their record and you know on either the record so that's what it is yeah. that's how i feel and you and, know uh, yeah you know they, they they dominated their competition you know mm-hmm. what, what came down to them too i think it should be more of a draw based uh, 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 finish if you know they can't finish each other, you know, and, and, and keep their respect with, with their records. You know, I mean that that, that means a lot to uh, a lot of these fighters. It doesn't ha- doesn't have to be, but um, I think it's kind of sad that you put it into the the hands of the judges, and uh, you know it turns out to to, to kind of change you know what they can make financially. It's it's different, mm-hmm. but yeah. At the end of the day, you have to give Valentina. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Nunez her respect, and uh, you know she's the champ, she's the goat. Yeah. That's it. I, I have her as one because every single person that you could make an argument from, she uh, timings everything. She had the opportunity to play to, to fight them head to head, right? And Shevchenko, you're right. The real winners were the fans watching those fights. And as far as leaving it in the hands of the judges, the first fight, I got to defend Shevchenko a little bit. I think Amanda tired out. That was a three-round fight, the first one. And Amanda yeah. tired out that last round, and Valentina was trying to go for a finish, you know? And then Amanda already knew she won the first two, and or I think maybe second one was tight, and that's what gave her the decision. But that five-round fight, man, that's a good fight, man. I mean, from the fight. MMA purists to the casuals who like to see rock'em, sock'em robots, there was strategy, there was technique, there was um, power, there was, you know, level changes. Good fight, man. I hope to see it one more time, man. Yep. And that's our, Thank hey, you. that's our top five. More good, than one. More yeah. than one more time. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they still got a lot of gas left in their tank, right? They got now, a right? lot of gas in their tank. <laughs> so... I like that. And I like that you said that how easily Cyborg could be too on that list, you know, because of her body of work and because she what she did in her prime and, and what she's continuing to do. I think health wise, she looks healthier, right? Like, do you remember how bad it looked watching that woman trying to cut weight? And now she's at the weigh in. She looks a little bit more. I mean, no one looks happy at the weigh ins. They're just miserable people from having to cut the weight. But she doesn't look drawn and sucked dry. You know, she looks healthier. So whatever she's doing, 
Um, Jason Perot is, I know, is her striking coach, but whoever's in charge of that nutrition part, good for her. And I hope to see more of her on Bellator and more of the top two maybe playing each other. All right. But hey, yeah. got another thing coming. We got topic number four, my personal favorite. La ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you to shame or not to shame. 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 Okay, Robbie. Let's see. We got to shame or not to shame. Let's figure this out. And that. Hey, there you go. So, Rob, to shame or not to shame, the Rams got absolutely destroyed by the 49ers on all, all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. So, Rob, my question is, this loss for the Rams, would you say shame on Stafford or would you say shame on the coaching strategy? The floor is yours, my man. Um, I would have to say shame on the coaching strategy. Um, I mean, they, you know, Stafford had his two interceptions that really – didn't have to be. Um, but I, I just don't think that they kind of, they switched up the game plan for what, what was happening um, defensively as well. You know, I, I thought they didn't do a great job of stopping the run. I mean, everybody could see that, um, but they really didn't change it up to, uh, you know, stop that, you know, plug the run and make sure they threw the ball to, you know, uh, to, to beat them. So I, I have to say the Rams, uh, the Rams uh, coaching is definitely the reason. I like that. And I, and, and I like how you did that because I kind of got to go with you on that. Actually, let's stop this clock for a sec. Let's go back. And for me, I got to go with the Rams on this one. You go to St you, you look at Stafford and Woods is hurt. Woods is like uh, one of his important wideouts, though. Cooper Cup is actually putting up astronomical numbers. He's got a new wide receiver in OBJ, right? He's got a new... Um, I think someone on the front five, there was a last minute substitution too. Not to mention that the throws he was making, he was hitting wide receivers right in between the numbers and they're dropping very important key third down and second, you know, second and long passes to make life easier for him. He did hold on to the ball a little bit of those people saying they didn't provide him protection, but in, in their defense, they did hold, he did hold on to the ball longer than he should have. But if you're a professional, all right, and you're saying, oh, he threw behind the receiver a little bit. For me, I say, okay, if I'm that wide receiver, he threw behind me. I'm supposed to drop that because I am not a professional, all right? I am not paid to put – I'm not, you know, paid to, to do that job. And these guys are not paid to do what, what, what we're doing, Rob, okay? It's not like these guys are waiting tables at night, you know what I'm saying, or bartending and they're, and they're, they're moonlighting football. These, some of these throws are going to be more difficult to catch, and they got to catch those balls, all right? And some were thrown right here, breadbasket bread, bread throws. So shame, shame on the coaching strategy because that doesn't explain the 31 points that the 49ers put up. Debo Samuel murdered them. Speaking of wide receivers mm -hmm. putting up fantasy points, huh? Between him and Cooper Cup, man, it's been a good year, right? Anything you would like sure. to add to that? <laughs> and Robert Woods, you know, Robert Woods, he's out with the ACL. He's done for the year, but yeah. he's had a great year. And once they work in Odell, I mean, that's going to be crazy. Just let him run the X. Just let him go down the field. Mm. Uh, let him run short over routes. I mean, they could they could really utilize him. I think it's going to be a great pickup for him, uh, for, for that team. They got Odell. Uh, they got Vaughn. They got uh, Aaron Donald. I don't know what's up with Aaron Donald this year, but, uh, yeah. you know, I think that they get – those uh, those edge rushers going, 
yeah. is really going to open them up and it's going to change the game for them. So yeah. Well, Aaron Donald had the yeah. same the same problem Michael Strahan did. All, they're paying attention to him. I don't. You know. I don't. Right. I, don't I think right. his aggress aggressiveness is still there, but productivity is going to go down if everyone's paying special attention to you. So double team every time. <laughs> yes. So topic. Run play, pass play. <laughs> right. Every time. So topic five, uh, because I happen to be an exceptional singer, but I lack the ability to sing for our next topic, someone has actually given me some music, an instrumental, so we bring you a quick question. That's better. Actually, you like that? I like that. Pretty cool. I like that. All right, Rob. Quick question: Tampa Bay drops to Washington. Big deal or no big deal? Um, I mean, I think it is a big deal. Um, I do think it's a big deal because Tom Brady throwing two interceptions. Uh, I mean, it's not really like that pass rush is getting to other teams. So, I think that's a big deal. Um, I say no big deal. I mean, they, they got some key injuries, and when people come back and if they start losing these games to, to Washington-type teams, then that'll be a big deal. But until then, no big deal. I think when the playoffs come, they'll be ready. They're going to take that. Look, Carolina's good, but they're going to take that division. And as long as they take that division, they're good. They, they're road warriors. They don't even care where they play. They're, they're, their goal is to win another Super Bowl. And this team is equipped for that. Um, glad, glad that he called out his team, though. And I'm glad that they took it like men instead of a bunch of sensitive little girls, you know, with apologies to little girls. Um, quick question. Cam Newton returning to Carolina and winning. Big deal, big, big deal or, no, or no big deal? A huge deal. I think that's going to change that whole team. Uh, you know, everybody got better around him. And that team is very talented. Mm-hmm. As we saw how they started that 3-0 start. You know, it's. I don't think it had anything to do with Sam Darnold. You know, as we can see, I think it's just they have really good talent on that team. They didn't even have Christian McCaffrey at that time. We got, uh, you know, they got energy in the building now. So I think it's good things, real good thing. Nice. I I agree. Big deal. Game uh, a season changing deal. Sam Darnold looked yes. like the answer in the beginning, but not so much now. Can never never trust a USC quarterback. Quick question: <laughs> Who is who is the one team that you do not want your favorite team to play next week? Oh, I mean, I don't want anybody to play the Chiefs or the Cowboys. So it's funny <laughs> they playing each other. <laughs> I don't want. Yeah, I don't want anyone playing the Chiefs. That's that's what I say. I do not want the Bills playing the Chiefs. That's, the Bills are my favorite team. I don't want them playing the Chiefs. I don't want them. That's because you got to play them twice a year. So I mean, you're gonna get pissed <laughs> up, dude. Year. Yeah. No, no, actually, me for me, it wasn't the Chiefs. It was the Patriots. I don't want my team playing the Patriots next week. They're ooh, on a freaking roll right now, dude. Yeah, 40, ooh, Forty-five to seven. Nice. How about how about that? I mean, the, I mean, we had a conversation about bounce back games, huh? I'm a believer now. I'm a believer. I never believed. I never. I always said no because I never believed the AFC was ever going to have the next decade was ever going to have send two teams to the playoffs. And here we are, two teams that are playoff worthy. And 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 a team right now, if they played the Buffalo Bills next week, man, they probably they they could very well win that and win and have and own the tiebreaker. Um, Quick question, Rob. Who gets further? In their season slash postseason, the Patriots or the Bucks. So let's say both teams get into the playoffs. Who gets further? Um, I think the Bucks are built for it. You know, so if they make it to the playoffs, which they're gonna do it, um, 
I think they're built for it better. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to go further. I don't think that Matt Jones and the defense and offense are going to play at this high a level into the playoffs against defensive comp- against higher competition uh, each week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the, the Bucks. Um, yeah, that's going to be my choice. You know, there is no script, Rob McLean, for uh, – um... Bill Belichick getting his Patriots to play his former quarterback in the Super Bowl. There is no script. No one will accept that script. They'll be like, throw it out because that's not real. So now we already can see that both teams aren't going to make it to the Super Bowl. I got to pick the team that's that I think is going to make it to the Super Bowl. I'll go Bucks. Uh, quick question, Rob: Are the Lakers better than we um, think? Things are not what they seem. Or are they in big trouble? They got murked by the Bulls last night. Yeah. Um... Are they in big trouble or or or? No, I think or no they big are in big trouble because the 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 characters that are there are not leaders. You know, you got Westbrook, you got Dwight Howard, you got Anthony Davis, you got LeBron James, and they're all these big guys. And that could ha- that used to be able to happen. They used to be okay when LeBron was that guy, and he could just say, "Hey, give me the ball." Shut your mouth. I'm going to win this game. <laughs> yeah. You know, but he can't do that no more, whether it's him being hurt and injured or it's him being, you know, not able to actually, you know, skillfully do that because he's tired or he just isn't in that flow and that rhythm. I mean, it happens. You know, this happens over time. Yeah. Um, Anthony Davis is not that guy. I don't care what you say. He's got too much in his head going on. There's too much shine. There's too much of this maybe injury stuff. Am I playing the five? you know, joking around with all these guys, you know, button heads with Dwight Howard. Like, it's just too much stuff yeah, going that's on. Childish. You know, to talk that's about Childish nonsense. You know? Isn't that childish, you know, dude? Th- if I can talk about all that, there's no way that he's putting in that. I mean, I'm sure he could be, but there's no way he's putting in 100% of his effort to get his teammates better, you know, to talk to the young guys, to improve his teammates around him. Like, sure, he's doing 70%, but is 70, 70% going to win a championship? You know what I mean? So I think it's a really big issue. Um, I don't think LeBron has what he can, what he needs to, to, to win a championship, which are shooters. Shooters. Westbrook is not a shooter. Anthony Davis is not a shooter. Uh, Dwight, let's not even talk about that. You know, And then all the no-names, you know, the guys that they bring in, the guys that are supposed to contribute, they are the shooters. That's, that's not how you win a championship. So in my eyes, I think it's big trouble. I think it's big trouble. And I think LeBron may not go. He might not get. He might not get another championship, and he may not get to the finals ever again. Hey, the Just West is that. wild, and and the Golden State Warriors are back. So those are two really, really, really without good reasons Clay. to support your to support your argument. Um, Stay back without Clay. Yeah. Well, I say not not in big trouble because I think they'll have enough to get to the playoffs. And at the end of the day, LeBron saves all um want to highlight footnote um demarco de rosen demar de rosen then is doing some really good things with the chicago bulls i'm looking at his stats right now 38 points um off of 15 or 23 shooting uh this dude lonzo ball found him a new home with chicago 10 of 13 shooting eight assists 27 points so look out for the new look bulls you know i mean yeah yeah so i how are my knicks doing maybe we'll talk about that later (laughs) it wasn't on one of our things uh okay we'll figure that out um quick question does cam start against washington this week all right i say yes i say no i mean honestly because pj walker looked good P.J. Yep. Walker looked good. He's been in the system a little longer. 
let's see if he can do something with all this energy, all this new thing, mm-hmm. and let's keep Cam on the bench and, you know, work him in a little more. Nice. Quick question. Um, we got a uh, double main event. Kate, Caitlin Vera against Misha Tate. Who you got? Um, Caitlin Vera is fucking sharp, dude. I was gonna say I, I will. I want to say Misha Tate, but uh, I, I, you know, the, the the older they get, you know, it's kind of hard to deny this young talent. You know, so I'm gonna have to go against Tate on this one. I'm gonna go with Vera. Changing of the guard, huh? If you will, right? Yes, sooner, sir, or later, yes, sooner or later, got to pass the torch. And I thought Misha Tate was going to do that a long time ago, but and yet here <laughs> she and, said but, no. And yeah, and here she is, right? Ready to fight Caitlin Vera, man. This absolute stud. So I got to go Misha on this because Misha right now has a little bit of cyborg or in her. It's it's she's back and she's healthy, and everybody's like, I don't have a lot of new tape on this girl. I don't want to fight this girl right now. So I got to go Tate. Um, second main event, let's go Micah Chiesa against Sean Brady. Sean Brady's undefeated. Mm. I think he's 14-0 or something. I haven't seen Sean Brady fight, you know, okay. to be right. honest. Okay. Um, so it's going to have to be you on this one, but I like Chiesa because I, I think he, he fights to his strengths. You know, at, at this weight class, he fights to his strengths, which is getting people on the ground, clench, and, uh, you know, fighting. And he fights a good fight. He fights a smart fight, so if Brady is a little brazen and tries to be a little, uh, you know, knockout heavy or, or mm. isn't trying to spark, uh, fight smart to get that knockout, uh, I definitely feel like Kiesa can come up with a finish. So, I like Michael um, Kiesa's style. I like his style because he's a wrestler that has some power but doesn't fall in love with his hands. Like, he, he scored a couple of knockdowns here and there. And the thing I like about him is as soon as he gets into the clinch, He's not doing something that some fans might consider boring, like like just against the cage, where me, I see activity against the cage, but a lot of fans don't. He gets you against the cage, he's going to get a takedown. If he gets a takedown, he's going to get a submission. There's no lay and pray with this guy. And this is why I, this is what makes people love mixed martial arts. You have wrestlers like him out there that are not just trying to, you know, grind out a win. He's out there trying to finish every single time. And I, I don't have his win-loss right. record in front of me, uh, but wins by submission. Wouldn't be a whole lot of, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see Dirty Jesus have, um, you know, a whole bunch of wins by submission. And I think he wins this one by submission. I think Sean Brady, Sean Brady, who I have seen fight, um, I mean, it's a tough, tough guy to pick against, man. This dude's on his way up. Talk about passing the torch. But um, yeah, he's going to have to take his first hot L at the hands of Michael Chiesa. And, and an event that's flying under the radar, Rob. It's flying under the radar. Two more quick questions. Will OBJ win the title with the Rams? Yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say yes, because if he's ever going to win a title, it'll be with them. No. <laughs> quick question. Will, will Westbrook win one with the Lakers? I'll go first on this one. No, because no. I don't think LeBron James is going to win one. And he's not going to win. He, I think LeBron James is done as far as championships are concerned. Uh, it's just right now the, the Warriors are healthy. They have they have too, too many more years. Jam, I don't know if Jermon, you know, Draymond Green started eating a salad, but he looks in shape too. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and the Lakers didn't even play the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, mm. that's a whole other beast you got to go through eventually. You know to win I mean? the like, ring. That's to win a the whole, chips. Yeah, that's a whole squad. I'm not even saying that that's like a tough professor. That's a seven-game series. I don't care who you're playing. Yeah. That's the, a seven-game series. The Bucks are my pick to win again, honestly. 
This guy, I love, I love Greek Freak. He says, look, I'm proud to be part of a team where we didn't have to crew up. And we did it, you know, we did it kind of our way. Some people consider it the right way. I don't, I, you know, he's, I mean, the guy's just try, trying to find ways to win. And he tried to find his role in it too, right? Because when someone says like, you're the star, you're the star, you're, and you're young like that, they always think you have to do more. And we've seen a lot of people lose, lose rings trying to do more than what they're already good at. Just how about just do what you're already good at? You know, like, he almost did less. Yeah. Yeah, he almost did less. Except that I last like game, that boy less. finished f- fifty. Well, he he played, put a fifty burger up, huh? Sorry. Well, but the thing is, he he, you know, he played each game to what he needs to do, and I think that's really what a star is about. You know, that's what LeBron did too, but you know, he did it in his fashion every way. Yep. Um, I think it's you know, he got he was oh he always had a double double. He had a double double. Yep. You know, he at least had three blocks a game. You know, game changing blocks. You know three or four times, you know, each series, you know, like something where it's going to, you know, change that game. You know, he played the way he's supposed to. He let Chris Middleton take the ball up and play offensive, you know, completely control the offense. And that's what they needed. They needed somebody to step up and and be the offensive mastermind while he's able to be the transition, the, the offensive. I mean, he got how many offensive rebounds? Uh, you know, just dominate around the rim. And they honestly stopped feeding him the ball because he would get the rebound anyway. It was just great to watch. And and I think it is great to see, uh, you know, Milwaukee win like that because um, Giannis gets to be a max player. You know, you don't get to, you don't get to have better talent around you if you got two or three max players around you. You know, if you, if you have one max guy, you're going to be able to have, Brooke Lopez. You're going to be able to have Chris Middleton. You're going to be able to have, you know, lineups of people who are going to be able to go against the other team. So if you have a great coach, it's possible. So I'm glad too. Small market team winning a championship. That's really big for the NBA. Yeah. And to see if they can do it twice might be interesting, right? Yeah. It'd be great. Um, all right. So that's the end of quick question. But before we go, a subject matter I didn't really want to touch on because I think we can wrap this up under, under 56 minutes and we're right there. So, Rob, before we go, there's still been some talk on Volley Talk and some circulation about um, eliminating the uh, rule called a double contact on volleyball hit on two. You're not, you, you're not allowed to take the ball in one hand and out of the, out of the other when you're setting. So. For me, if they get rid of that rule, I think it, it hurts the sport. So before I go, I want to say they sh- they've already done enough to hurt the sport for the ra- under the rationalization of, oh, it's fun and it speeds up the game. It doesn't speed up the game. It's not fun to watch. It's pure sloppiness, all right? And, and for you guys on the beach, too, who are catching a ball and throwing it uh, um, to avoid a double hit because you think a double hit is only determined by spin, it's a fucking carry. All right. It's a carry and a, and a double hit. Learn your rules. It's not how it comes in. It's how it comes out. So and people wonder why they don't respect our sport. I'm looking for volleyball on ESPN. I see cornhole. All right. I see World Series of Poker. Dude, I see horse horse. So, yeah. So sometimes let, let the sport have some rules. Basketball, you can't just dribble the ball, catch, catch it, walk with it and dribble again, unless you're LeBron James, right? Baseball, you know, to run the first base, you can't run to avoid the tag. You can't run out of the baseline or run around the field until, and because again, say the guy, you can't catch me, you know, because the rules, the rules that make it traditional is the rules where, where people, uh, uh, where it generates interest because with those rules, you need a specific skill set. 
to play the game. And we don't want volleyball to look like a sport where it requires no, no fucking skill set to play the game. And that's what all I wanted to say on before, before here we go. Is there anything I you'd think, like to add to that, Rob? I think, you know, the topic always comes up. And I think the issue is that not only is there many rules on the issue, you know, of a double contact, but nobody defines it. You know, California has their own rule book on doubles. CBVA, yeah. FIV, FIVB has their own rule. And then AVP has their own rule. And then, you know, Texas has their own rule. And New York has their own rule because it's all, it's, it's all hearsay. There's not one uh, ruling on it. And even the ruling of the AVP and the FIVB, let's say the two bigger, you know, things for us, are very vague. You know, it's not a... You know, oh, it's the way the ball comes in. It's a judgmental call. It, it's not a technical rule book right. uh, definition. And I feel like if they made it more of a technical rule book mm-hmm. definition, it would be easier. Where if when your hands are mm-hmm. above your head, there's a little bit more leniency of uh, right. of being able to hold the ball. But as soon as it crosses your head, mm-hmm. you know, you can't hold the ball for a long time. It has to come out in a quick motion. Right. That's Some simple kind of stuff fluidity. that you can write down. That's very clear, you know, that's... Uh, Fluidity, you know, right? That, no discontinuance. Yes, because that's one motion, mm-hmm. you know, one yeah. motion. If it's two motions, it's a catch and a lift. And I think that's very simple to have, you know, that's one motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a little bit of leeway between the, how high above your forehead you hold it. And everybody has a forehead. Everybody, you know, it's very easy to determine that. Okay, it's at the forehead, a little bit, long, a little bit lower. It's got to come out quick, a little bit higher. It can go yeah. a little bit longer. It's that simple, I, I think. Definitely. Um, and the fact that that's not, you know, uh, an easy write down the rule book. Okay, this is what it is. Everybody's got the rule. Let's yeah. Do it. Or it a universal kinda... guideline. Right? Look, we. you just yeah, said so something. Come on, man. You just said something really smart. As far as hands go, check with the league you play in. It's their league, their rules. They get to do whatever they want. Okay, I get that. But the reason why I said it's how it comes in, because the FIVB refs, they determine that because they will blow the whistle before they even see how the ball comes out. They're looking at how it comes in. The second thing, the, reason, the reasoning behind that is the catch and throw guys can literally double hit a ball and, still, and it still comes out rotationless. Uh, you've seen Phil do it. You've seen Phil have, have the ball come in his left, out of his right, and up, and it doesn't spin. But at but under the FIVB rules, that's a double. <laughs> well, but that's what I mean. Is yeah. that I think again, people mm-hmm. who are that don't really have the concept of understanding. Because again, a ball, it's almost impossible. I mean, you can go down to like the millimeters, right? If a ball is coming this way, it's gonna touch one hand before the other hand. Do you know what I mean? It just looks as though, you know, it's really egregiously coming into one hand or the other. I honestly don't – I've heard that rule. I mean, I heard that's what the refs call. And I honestly don't – I get it. It makes me set cleaner, but I don't Your think that nectar, it, it should determine a, a double or not. You know, because, yeah. again, if it comes out in a slower pace, sure. But if it comes out quick, you know, you can't really call a lift or a double because mm-hmm. you didn't really touch it long enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Dude. And that's where I think there's a – uh, yes. You know, because I've done this a lot where I'll have I have like two or three different ways that I set a volleyball. If I'm in a situation like if it's really low, it's coming a low pass. I got to get to it. I'm going to set it like nice and quick, you know, at my chin, because as long as it's quick and it comes out clean, it's fine. Yeah. You know, if this ball is like really high over my head and I really got to control it, I'm going to catch it all the way up here. I'm going to go nice and long and low and I'm going to pop that 
you know, out because at the end of the day, that, that's the rules. So you're playing the rules, but there's really no rules. So you're playing to people's perceptions of the rules. And that's where yep. I think it's wrong, where yeah. everybody's got a different idea. You know, you get emotional as a ref and then the rules start changing. So I think <laughs> if you just have a little bit more of a definition, uh, you know, a, a physical some ex- some you know, understanding yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the so. side note, which is going to bring us over an hour, ladies and gentlemen, I love this guy's hands. Watching Rob's set, your your fluidity, your your touch is so nice. It looks like an invisible man is like setting the ball before you actually touch it. It's like boom, it's nectar. It waits for the hitter to get there, <laughs> and everybody should train under this guy. This dude's out there like a savage doing a, a, a partnershiping with God knows how many clubs and programs. Right, better at beach and the summer. Uh, um, every everybody wants them some Rob McLean private lessons. <laughs> just make sure you come on time and respect this man come with some discipline and i swear to god you'll learn a lot rob mclean now that we're over an hour because we had to introduce volleyball into it <laughs> i just said volleyball like a hood dude um is there anything you'd like to say to the to the world population and our followers just stay happy stay healthy y'all and that's all i'm gonna say stay happy stay healthy that's all i'm gonna say i'm out That's Rob. Keep it McLean, McLean. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. I'm Jason DeBeas. We love you to pieces. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear. And.